Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of The Last Life Podcast. This is my weekly gaming podcast where we use this one life to explore amazing worlds and discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support this show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links, including the email, will also be in the description. So we are, there's no fanfare to this or anything like that. I didn't really plan anything for today. I will have something planned for later on. I, I do have something in mind, but today is actually our 100th episode. It actually might be like 100, 102, because I think there were a couple of episodes that didn't really count towards our regular set of episodes, but whatever. Technically, this is our 100th episode, so let's just go with that for now. But yeah, this is awesome. I mean, 100 episodes. Uh, would, like I said, I'll, I'll definitely, I definitely want to do something for, like I wanted to do something for this, uh, but obviously scheduling and just kind of things that were happening uh, didn't allow that to happen, but I will make up for that. We will have a, you know, pseudo 100 episode. I don't know what we'll call it. We'll just call it 100 episode again or something like that, you know? So we'll go with that, but that should be a, a fun one. But either way, thank you for everyone that has been supporting me so far. Like I love doing this. I love being able to talk about video games and get your thoughts and opinions and share my thoughts and opinions. So I hope to do this for another 100 episodes, another 1,000 episodes. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I know that's a long stretch. But today I wanted to just kind of have a mini chat, kind of like how we did with the sim racing episode. I wanted to kind of have a mini chat and just kind of discuss a couple of games that I've been playing first of all and just kind of my thoughts on those. And also why I feel, or at least this is just again me, why I feel that we're still not in the next gen era of video games just yet. So we'll, we'll first dive into talking about some of the video games that I have been playing. I feel like it's like needed to kind of talk about this, but Elden Ring, I have been playing a lot more of that. I finally beat the first major boss. Uh, I think, I don't know how you pronounce it, but Margit or Margit, whatever you want to call them. Uh, it's, it, it's a, it, this is a boss that everyone kind of, it's kind of like the club in Sifu, which I will kind of get to very soon as well. But it is that first big boss that a lot of people struggle with. And actually looking at some of the trophies and stuff, uh, based on what Sebi had found, uh, a lot of people actually beat Margit, which is, which is amazing because Margit is pretty tough. But nonetheless, like I was able to get past Margit. So I'm actually in the first legacy dungeon. That's what they're called. Um, I'm kind of like exploring that area. Not, I haven't fully dived in, so I haven't really hit, hit like a wall or anything. I'm just kind of exploring, taking my time, looking at everything. Of course, you know, trying to decode the, the weird lore in this game. Somehow, I, don't, I feel like I will never figure it out. I'll probably need to watch a couple of YouTube videos afterwards. But I mean, I'm still going to try at least. But it is really fun. I'm really enjoying it. And like it, it is pulling me in, you know, like it's, it's like one of those instances where I know that I will enjoy a game. And I know that if I get sucked in by this game, you know, this is what I will be playing for the next long while. And I'm, I can feel it, feel it doing that. I'm obviously doing my best to kind of play it sparingly, you know, to try, try to dedicate as much time as I can to uh, some of the games that I play on stream some of the games I play outside of stream and obviously just, you know, making sure I'm giving time to other things in my life. So I'm trying to find that right balance right now with Elden Ring. So like it, it's going to be tough, but yeah, it is, it is really great. I'm at least past that first initial like hump in this game, which I think allows 
it just allows anyone that's playing the game playing the game to kind of understand what this game is about first of all uh, obviously in my case i know what from software games are about so this was nothing new but getting past that first boss kind of gave me that push of like all right now i'm ready you know now i'm into this now i understand what i need to do how to uh, upgrade my stuff how to collect more runes and also you know go and find these mini caves that will have these mini bosses that are actually like pretty tough and then you know using that as a way to level up certain things or find certain items that can be useful in boss fights and also kind of exploring to the point where you are being introduced to side quests or side things that might actually give you things that can help you in, in the future so it's just kind of like i'm finally at that point where i'm like okay i get it i know what i need to do and i know that this will require you know a lot of dedication from my part so i'm really enjoying Elden ring i will i don't know if i can finish it really quickly um it will take some time and also i don't want to finish it quickly this is a game that i was really excited for for a long time so you know what i want to enjoy it i want to take my time um the next game i want to talk about is sifu so sifu when when it first came out it came out around the time when we were just getting bombarded by so many games we were getting Elden ring we were getting dying light 2 horizon but sifu was one of those games that i was really excited for and when i started playing it i was already hooked i was like yep this game is amazing um then i got to the second level which is called the club which again similar to margit is is just like this thing where everyone has kind of made memes about that when you go when you go to this level you just get destroyed like the boss just destroys you and it's near impossible to get past the boss unless obviously you have to like you know, work around it. You have to, or you have to level up or uh, find a good move set and everything like that. Just you just have to like be patient and learn a lot of things to be able to get past it. But it's that first big hump in this game that kind of really you know has two sets after that. It's the people that quit <laughs> after this game and the other people who are like, yep, no, I'm pushing on. I'm gonna keep playing. And then in the end, end up loving Sifu. So I was finally able to get past the club. However, I did it at an older age. So for anyone that doesn't know how Sifu's system works, the idea that you are going through an area, you're obviously fighting uh, fighting henchmen and stuff like that and the people and all that stuff. When you die, in a sense, when your health goes all the way to zero, you age. So initially you age by one, then you age by two, then four, eight, it kind of doubles. But the idea that you age and as you get older, you do more damage because technically you're more experienced, but your health goes lower as well. So it's kind of give and take and stuff like that. But like the idea that as you age, obviously, you know, you have to be careful in terms of how you approach enemies because when you're younger, you have more health. So you can kind of take more risk. You kind of go in for an attack. But if you're older, you'll be able to do more damage, but you got to be careful because a couple of hits will take you down. So it's really cool that way. And basically I finished that second level, the club at around 40 something which is not bad, but it's not great. So basically what you need to do at that point is restart that earlier level of the club and obviously get through that entire level without dying so many times like I did and kind of keep your age lower before you get to the next level, which is the museum. So I finally made it to the museum. I am streaming this game and I will probably stream the entire game because I'm just really enjoying it. And it was really fun um, talking to people and stuff like that. You know, we had some great people, uh, Ghost, FC Rivers, um, you know, there was also Sifu of Grey uh, who joined in, Furious Flame. There were a lot of people that joined in that chat and it was really, really fun. So I will definitely be playing this and streaming this game uh, at twitch.tv slash Amandaman and also at YouTube, actually, youtube.com uh, slash Amandaman. All the links will be 
in the description. So definitely check that out. But I am really enjoying Sifu. The next game I should talk about is Tunic. Um, this game actually, like, I, I was enamored by it. It looked interesting. Uh, it, it was there was just something about it. You know, the art style, the the world, the gameplay and stuff as well, sound. Like, it was, it was really good. It's, it's a really, really fun, interesting game, at least just from the looks of it. And then when I tried it, it was, first of all, available on, available on Game Pass, which is awesome. Uh, then I started streaming it and just playing that. And yeah, like I really, really enjoyed it. I started recommending this to a lot of my friends as well, saying that, hey, first of all, it's on Game Pass. So you have no excuse. At the same time, it's actually a really, really fun game, especially if you're someone that really enjoys, uh, you know, Zelda-like games, even a bit of Elden Ring and Dark Souls games, you know, like there it is, it does have some hard boss moments. And it's actually really like, it's really enjoyable as well. It does kind of make you feel accomplished when you get through, when you get past those bosses. Uh, and definitely, again, no, no, you know, no hand-holding, nothing like that. There's just a map, there's an open world and stuff like that. And it's like, all right, go explore and figure out what you need to do. And like, that's great. Like so far, I mean, I did have to use a guide, I, I won't lie. But oh, otherwise, it has been really, really great. And like, I can easily recommend this game to anyone. I'm, I'm really enjoying this game. I'm really glad it's on Game Pass as well. So, you know, for anyone that might be worried, it might not be a game for you. This is perfect. Just jump on Game Pass and check it out for like 10 minutes. And you know, make a decision on make a decision for yourself. Uh, the next one, another game that we've been streaming recently, Tiny Tina's Wonderland. I initially was not too excited for this game. In all honesty, I enjoyed Borderlands Three, but it was not this game that you know. It, it was not like this revolutionary thing, like Borderlands in general. The way other people talk about it, like it was not that for me. So, but I always, of course, understand you know, the whole. You know, the shooter, looter, looter, shooter, looter, shooter. Yeah, I think that's what it is, right? Looter, shooter, genre, uh, a big part. This game was a big part of that, like the whole kind of conception and the start of it and obviously leading to games like Destiny and Outriders and all, whatever came after, right? But like for me, I, I never clicked with it too much. However, the comedy and stuff like that and, and just the story was like funny enough that I'm like, yeah, this is like really fun. For Tiny Tina, you know, it, it's, it, it's set up very, very differently to the point that I wouldn't even call it a Borderlands game. And I guess they didn't call it a Borderlands game. Uh, obviously, I know looks-wise and gameplay-wise, it's the same. But basically, with Tiny Tina's Wonderland, the overall atmosphere and, and gameplay is kind of surrounded around this idea that you're playing a game of Dungeons & Dragons, essentially. So you'll have like an overworld map from where you're going from place to place. When you're in those places, story beats will be taking place as if you're playing a D&D game, which is awesome. So... That, first of all, story-wise and everything, just made it more engaging. Like, I wanted to see it through. I wanted to see what the next funny bit would be. And then gameplay-wise as well, it does feel a bit more refined. It's still the same as Borderlands 3. However, I have been playing this with, with Sebi, and we, we were kind of streaming this a little while back. And just kind of playing, I think this is, this is the first time I've played a Borderlands game or this type of game with someone, especially the campaign. And now I kind of see what everyone was talking about. Playing with Sebi made this so much more enjoyable. We were having such a fun time. We were, you know, like taking on certain enemies. He'll be kind of doing his thing. I'll be doing my thing. Taking on a, a big boss together and like, you know, finally getting through and, and being able to beat that boss. It was just really, really fun. And obviously also experiencing the story with, with someone else was really, really fun as well. So like I am kind of, I, I'm surprised by how much I am enjoying this game. And like, you know, I can easily see myself kind of finishing this game. And just kind of replaying it with Sebi or other people who, you know, might have gone into Tiny Tina and just kind of replaying this because it is such a cool 
Destiny, Destiny like game. Destiny, I feel like sometimes like you know, I, you have to focus a little too much. <laughs> at least in my opinion, you do focus a little too much just because of the things that you have to do to be able to get good gear. In this case, I feel like it's just such a fun environment to just jump in, shoot around, have fun, and you know, also experience like a fun, experience a funny story. So, really enjoying this game. Really surprised by how much I'm enjoying this game. So I think like anyone that might have been. I, I, again, like I, I can't, I can't say that. Yeah, like if you haven't played Borderlands or anything like that, you like really enjoy this game. Um, I think the main thing to consider is does the gameplay look interesting? Uh, if it does, I would first after that say, do you have anyone else to play this with? And if that's the yes, and they're also willing to buy this game, then hundred percent jump in. If it's only you that wants to buy this game and play this game on your own, I honestly don't know. Anytime I think think about this game and playing it alone. It just doesn't click in my brain. I'm like, no, like I don't feel like doing that. Like I, I feel like playing Sifu instead, or I feel like playing Elden Ring. Maybe because I have so many other games to play right now. Maybe that's why I'm feeling that way. But for whatever reason, Tiny Tina is just not clicking uh, as a single player game for me. For whatever reason, uh, the last game I want to talk about today is Kirby and the Forgotten Kingdom, Forgotten Land, something like that. But the new Kirby game that's on the Nintendo Switch. So this game just looked so fun and interesting and cool and i love super mario odyssey and i was like hey is this a super mario odyssey but with kirby and i was already kind of like engaged and interested in it um and then sap silva and i we kind of like finally got convinced that you know what let's get this let's get this game this can be our new game that we play you know together because we usually have a game that we kind of go from start to finish that we play on the weekends uh and like recently we just kind of been going on and off in, in terms of games we were playing uh, we were playing the Forgotten City. We kind of got off of that. We do need to get back to that actually because it is a good game. We were playing Halo Infinite, which unfortunately did not grab us. Although we do want to go back and try to finish that. We were playing Uncharted 2. So we've been kind of on and off a bunch of games. But like Kirby was like, we're like, you know what? Like this game looks perfect. Uh, it, it has two player. It has co-op. Not the best co-op. I'll kind of talk about why. But it has co-op. At the same time, it just looks funny. It looks interesting. And it's Kirby at the same time, you know? So... We got it, we started playing it, and yeah, like it's first of all really, really fun, really, really, it, it is, it's the graphics I'm really, really surprised by. Like I'm so surprised and shocked that the Nintendo Switch can still push out this kind of, you know, graphics and, and art style and all that. Like, I don't know what Nintendo does, what sort of magic they're running there, but they are doing an amazing job in terms of making these games look so good. At the same time, the gameplay is so varied, like surprisingly varied, where at Kirby, you're able to essentially suck things in and, and take that, that character, right? So if it's someone with a sword, if it's someone that has spikes on them, stuff like that. And like, you, you get to a point where you're like, okay, I kind of know what type of characters or, or if you might think in your brain that, you know what, I already know all the things that Kirby can possibly do in this game at this point. And then Nintendo throws another thing in there that you would not have expected. And it's really, really great that way. It, it makes you, it the, the whole like <laughs> sucking in ability, I don't know, it, it sounds weird to be talking about this like this, but the whole, like this whole ability, like it can be, it's used in such unique and innovative ways for puzzles. And it's also used in unique and innovative ways to fight enemies. And like, I think that's what's like keeping us going. Um, and when it comes to co-op, so one person plays as Kirby and one other person plays as a Waddle Dee who, who are basically these residents of this town that Kirby is from. At least that's what I, I think. That, I think that's the story, I believe. Uh, and the Waddle Dee, the person that plays as Waddle Dee has 
basically just one thing. They just have a huge, is it, would it be a dagger? What, what would it be? It's like, a, it's like a long, it's like a spear. Yeah. They have like a long spear um, and they can jump kind of like Kirby. And then that's it. You just use that spear to attack things. So for the second player, it's not the greatest experience. I wish they had like Kirby 2 somehow, where one Kirby's pink and the other Kirby's blue or something. And that would have made it more fun. But like, I don't know what the limitations are and why they didn't do that. But it's still fun. It's still fun to kind of have someone play alongside with you, right? And you can kind of take turns to be Kirby if you want and stuff like that. So it's still really fun that way. For like anyone that was even remotely considering this game and maybe just like, you know, thought that, yeah, you know what, this is not for me. I can confidently say that this game might actually be for you. This is turning into, like, again, like with Sifu, this is turning into one of my favorite games of the year. It is such a wonderful game, very laid back, has some challenges as well. So there are some boss fights where you need to be very, you know, perceptive of what's happening. You need to understand where to dodge and everything like that, what to do, what to use. So that's really fun as well. But I honestly think if you have a Nintendo Switch and, you know, you don't have anything to play at the moment, Kirby might be that game for you. So with this, we can move on to talking about the main topic that I want to cover today is why does it feel or why does it not feel like we are in the next generation of gaming at the moment? In 2020, we got the PS5 and we got the Xbox Series S and the Series X. In 2020, we also got the RTX 30 series GPUs and the AMD RTX, no, it's not RTX, AMD RX 6000 series of GPUs, right? We got all this amazing graphical GPUs, obviously some CPUs and all that stuff too. I, I don't even know what, what, the, what number they're on or anything like that, but CPUs, GPUs, and also these new consoles. And now we're in 2022, one and a half year later, we have so far, at least on the PS5 side, we have so far gotten Demon Souls, Returnal, and Ratchet and Clank. As, and I think Destruction All-Star, Destruction Derby All-Star, whatever, but we, we, we don't talk about that. But those three games, I just go with Returnal, Ratchet and Clank, and Demon's Souls as the three big PS5 only games. And they look great. They sound, play amazing. I mean, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, like I have nothing but amazing things to say about that game. But that was it. Like now we're in 2022. On the PlayStation side, we got Gran Turismo 7, which looks great. And I love playing that game. But, you know, there's nothing exciting about it. It's on PS4 as well, so I can understand those limitations. Similarly, Horizon Forbidden West is, I mean, I feel like it's obviously weird for me to say this, but it is basically just more Horizon. And I know that a lot of people wanted that. I wanted that. But for whatever reason, I thought because we would be on the next gen of console, stuff like that, it would be, it would just push something. It would just do something that would just amaze me that I'm like, wow, wow, this is, this is just truly amazing. And I, I, I'm really, you know, no buyer's remorse when it comes to buying my console or anything like that. But, you know, in the end, it was just like, all right, this just feels like an up version of Horizon Zero Dawn. And, you know, I think I'm sure like for a lot of people, that's okay and that's fine. But at the same time, for a lot of people, it's like, wait, I, you know, I rushed out to buy this console. I rushed out to get these like as soon as possible. And now that we have them with us, it, you know, it, it doesn't feel like anything is actually utilizing this console. And I know that there's going to be more and more games coming out, you know, that will be uh, PS5 and Xbox Series X and S exclusive. But so far, we haven't really got that. Um, I should I should definitely check if we have, actually. I feel like there's none of the bigger ones, I think. I'm sure there's some smaller games that I'm kind of missing here and there. Um, and I should also mention the reason I'm not mentioning the Xbox Series X 
and S is because like I think it's like a known fact for them for a while at least. I think at least until end of this year that most of their games will be on the Xbox One family as well. Actually, I feel like they will stop putting games on... You know, you know what? Let me take that back because PS5 did at least release a couple of PS5-only exclusives. But basically, the idea that PS5 and the Xbox Series consoles will kind of hopefully stop doing that at the end of this year. But when you look at like the console, when you look at this console that you have and that you had to kind of fight through all the bots and everything that happened online to get this console in your hand, you know, you're just kind of left with, all right, so I got... I basically invested in a nice GPU for my console. That's the GPU and CPU, that's it. Everything looks very similar. You know, like, again, unless you're a digital foundry or something like that, you will not notice a difference. This is just my opinion. And I, I don't like, I, I honestly think if you put this side by side, like in front of everyone, you literally need to be up close to the screen to be like, yep, the PS5 looks better. In a lot of these cases, right? If it's obviously frames and everything, like the frame rate, yeah, like I totally get that. But even then, even then, like, with, like for example, with Elden Ring, like it is not running at 60 FPS most of the time. It's like 40 to 45 and sometimes it's 60, right? So like it just comes down to like, okay, like I just updated my current console in a sense. And then, and that's it. So it just left, it, it leaves you, it, it leaves you feeling a little bit underwhelmed by what the, what the generation has been so far. And with news that, of course, games like, you know, God of War Ragnarok being PS4 and PS5, um, I believe, actually, uh, nothing nothing has really been announced by Xbox, but I believe Starfield might be next-gen only. I could be wrong about that. It's very possible that game might be coming out on Xbox One as well. But even for this year, there's no, like, that. there's no game that you can be like, yeah, this is a, if a multi-platform game that you can say, yeah, this is a PS5 Series S and X exclusive game. And this game looks amazing. This game looks exciting. This game, you know, kind of like the uh, the Unreal Engine 5 demo with, with the Matrix and all. Like there's no game like that coming out right now. And I can totally understand that, you know, the idea that maybe it'll come out over time. There's also this issue with the console shortages, right? Because the consoles aren't readily available, it also makes sense for these console manufacturers to be like, yeah, you know what? Let's leverage what we have already, which is the PS4s and that PS4 base and put these games on the PS4. At the same time, they're, they might also be doing that because they also know that the PS4 and Xbox One consoles are, you know, sold so much already that they're like, yeah, why would we leave that base behind? Especially, you know, like to kind of, you can find a way to say, hey, you can get the Series S and X version, which looks nicer. But if you're on the Xbox One, it won't look as nice, but it will still be good. You can still enjoy that game. If you're kind of marketing that way, people that have an Xbox One or a PS4 might not necessarily rush out to get a new console, right? It's just a weird situation we're in, and it's just a, for me. It's I always kind of look at it in terms of the the way the console generation typically go. Typically, we have seen console generations that go like around between six, seven, or eight years, something like that. It's always around that time. Maybe sometimes five years, right? For me, like now, I'm like, okay, we're almost two years into this console, and in this two years, we might get Starfield that is next gen only. Uh, we obviously got a couple next gen only for PlayStation Five. But other than that, at least for this year, I'm looking at it in terms of there's nothing else planned, right? Like at least nothing has been like told or shown to us. So for two years of the seven year to six year console cycle is, is basically gone catering to the last gen. And then we'll get the next three to four years, maybe. I'm, this is also me being very, very optimistic. It is very possible going to next year, we might still get a lot of old gen games and everything like that. But like, let's just assume it's only two years. Out of those six or seven years, now we have just five or four years to actually get games on this console. 
And then as we get toward the end of the console, it's just a whole like cycle again of like, okay, now we're going to pick up the new console, the new thing. And as we've seen, these consoles, when they come out are not exactly top of the line. They're like kind of at the, at the edge of something new that's starting, you know? So for us, it's like this time is like almost like running out. At least like that's kind of how it feels. It's like, all right, we already got these consoles that are kind of like, okay, they're not, um, they're not like bad or anything like that, right? They're pretty good in a way, but now we're two years in, new GPUs are coming out this year from NVIDIA and AMD, new technologies coming out, you know, new engines are being developed. And now the console's already a little bit behind, but at the same time, you know, we still aren't utilizing that console at all. So it's just, it's just a weird, like lagging feeling. And obviously like, you know, I'm sure the argument can be made that it's, you know, like if the games are being made for the previous generation, then when they use this new generation, whenever the time may be, it will still be a jump up. And that's completely like true, right? But like when it's still like, I just want to be able to kind of actually enjoy the console for what it is and for what it is capable of when I get the console. So I would definitely love to know what everyone thinks about this because maybe it's just me who feels like this. Maybe your experience is different. Maybe, maybe you know, like the, the higher frame rate, the, the better resolution or the higher pixel count, higher textures, whatever, you know, maybe that's actually something that excites you and something that you find that, yep, no, this is next generation. You know, this, there is a ceiling to all this, right? There's only like, like it can only go so high, but I would love to know your thoughts on this. Uh, please email me at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the links and everything will be in the description below. And you can always reach out to me on Twitter, Instagram, anything like that. And I, I, don't, I respond pretty quickly. Also, check out our Discord channel because we're going to be talking a lot about sim racing and game of the year discussion, stuff like that. So it's going to be really, really fun. So check that out as well. Thank you so much, everyone. And I'll see you next time. Bye.